Aid Box Convoy is a committed team of volunteers from Bristol in the UK dedicated to the coordination, delivery, distribution of aid at refugee camps in northern France. They say they exist to provide humanitarian care to refugees and to offer support to the existing charities and organisations on the ground. So joining us is the driving force and founder of Aid Box Aid Box Convoy, Imogen McIntosh and co-founder Joby. Hi guys. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for coming to join us today. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but if we could just get a bit of background and explain, Imogen, perhaps, what is an aid box? Okay, so an aid box is uh, a a big plastic box with a lid, um, and inside it has the content of what somebody may need when they turn up on a refugee camp, having travelled for weeks across the world. Um... Uh, so it has the very basic needs like food, toiletries, mm-hmm. tin opener, lighter, um, a stove, warm clothes, underwear, uh, things like that. And the the box acts as a as a place to put things to keep them dry and to keep rats away. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's one of our aid boxes that we have. Well, that that sounds incredible and easy to distribute. I, I take mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. The reason that we designed these uh, that before we actually went on our first convoy out to France we understood that it was very difficult to get the right things to the right people um, and these make it really easy. Okay so mm-hmm. you said you did your first trip when was that when did this all start? So also we, our first trip was the beginning of October yeah um, but we started sort of collecting and planning uh, in the middle of September okay. and um, it so it's a very recent mm. project. Yeah. yeah absolutely and now we're sort of a, a sort of key organisation on the ground and um, yeah, at the at the camp, you mean? Yeah, okay, Dunkirk um, camp. So okay, so why Dunkirk and not uh, Calais? So we we were uh, initially we didn't know there was a camp in Calais. There's um, in uh, sorry in Dunkirk. We thought that the only ca- refugee camp in northern France was Calais. Well, this is the trouble with the media, isn't it? We don't get um, they the focus on news. one. That's a, yeah. that's a horrible. Yeah. Thing. That's yeah. Where so 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 how did you hear about Dunkirk? Mm. So we planned to go to Calais and uh, we started our Facebook page um, asking for donations and things. And we got somebody contact us and said, please please go to Dunkirk. There's a camp there. There's 400 people. They're in a field there's absolutely wow. no help going to them whatsoever wow and so nothing there presumably yeah. Joby did you actually go out to Dunkirk yeah yeah I went with Midge on our first trip okay mm-hmm. how many of you went 27 of us wow, wow. so we had a, and a few trucks I hear as yeah, well seven seven vehicles wow. full of full of aid um, building materials we took a building team as well to build some uh, communal cooking shelters uh, as well as tents sleeping bags aid boxes how many refugees in in Dunkirk approximately? So now, well, figures vary, but up to three thousand now. So really? oh my wow. gosh! What an increase in Sorry, I thought it wasn't that many mm. at Dunkirk. No, no. Well, I thought it was a few as, hundred. As Midge said, when we first started looking at it, it was four hundred. By right. the time we actually arrived on the ground, it was up to mm. nine hundred, wow. and it's right. just swelled to three thousand in the past three What's months. What's the atmosphere like in Dunkirk? Um, it it changes a lot, but. Um, I mean, it's, it's a horrible place to live. It's absolute squalor. Mm. There's people there with their families. But then they've got an amazing humanity, humble. You know, mm. there's, everyone smiles when you talk to them. But then there's police on the gates checking what goes in. And there's, right. you know, there's, there's violence. There's mm. people that don't know where they're going or what they're doing. It's, yeah, you know, it's, in Calais, you're able to build uh, shelters for people to live in. And yeah. they, they've built 
churches, restaurants, you okay. know, shops. Yeah. Whereas um, in Dunkirk, that we're, we're not allowed to build anything because it's a temporary site, so it's all tents. Oh, okay. um, yeah, this is a problem, mm. isn't it? You know, I heard about so a group of people going out building shelter, and then they were told that they couldn't, and even had started building and had it ripped down. I yeah, mean, how well, frustrating and mm, ridiculous is yeah, this? Yeah, absolutely. It's the yeah. It's that's that's what the the, the government don't want them there. So no. they do everything in their power to make it mm. un- intolerable for them. So I understand that as a refugee, the first country that you land in is the country that you have to seek asylum in, right? So why isn't it happening in France? So there, it, it's very complicated. Yeah. It depends on how the state. Um, construes sort of the you know the rules and laws right um, and the same with Greece presumably yeah Greece has been uh, is an exception because of the amount of people that come in and because of the poverty there and the the but this is what I was going to ask yeah. yeah so the inability for them to actually be able to respond to the humanitarian needs and I mean the the um you know that, that it doesn't have to be very high the uh, level of humanitarian sort of um service given mm. but Greece has been as an exception so after that that people need to right. claim asylum but the problem is there's a lot of reasons why people don't want to claim asylum in some of the countries they come through there's yeah. reasons like they get beaten by the police they get goaded they get taunted okay, made so very unwelcome what nationalities are we looking at in Dunkirk at the moment so in Dunkirk camp it's it's um, predominantly Kurdish people mm. Ira- right. Iraqi Kurdish um, and Iranian people, that's really yeah, most of the population so at the moment. So on that note then, how are they getting from Kurdistan to Dunkirk undetected? So they are paying smugglers to get there. There's no right. legal okay. way of getting to these places. There's no legal way of getting to safety at the moment right. and they're and not wanted anywhere. So this is a huge problem. Yeah, they're it? being pushed into criminal activity basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, like we probably would if we were getting our family and ourselves yeah. to a safe well, place. exactly. I mean, this is what we've got to remember is these people are being persecuted and tortured in their homelands. They mm. have no choice to leave. I mean, you know, this is wonderful what you're doing. It's a quick fix. What mm. can we do long term? Well, we, uh, we went out there uh, purely humanitarian and mm. to respond to the needs. And, you know, we... We're really pleased with what we've done in terms of raising awareness and um, now that there is a lot of aid coming to the camp and people are not starving anymore and they mm. were really were starving. Mm. Yeah. Um, they were cold. They are now generally, there is a- enough aid coming to keep them kind of warm until the next sort of frosty spell. Yeah, you know. I mean, didn't you mention that people are waking up with their pillows frozen? Yeah, right. absolutely. So you've got mm. babies sleeping in tents with frozen mm. pillows and... Yeah, and uh, um, I think about 70% of the people that um, have been tested are hypothermic. And they live in a state of being freezing. You know, when you've been out and you cannot warm up, it's it's like that, but for months on end. So immunity is very low. One of the main problems with the whole situation is there's no NGOs there, no big charities there with money that are able to look after refugees in the Mm -hmm. the correct manner. Um, When we arrived there four months ago, there was one small... French charity, like a like a women's institute, um, who the camp's actually been there for six years, but it was very small, and they've been looking after them for that time. Since we've started growing and um, the awareness has been ra- um, uh, raising, more volunteers from the UK have come over, and from Belgium. There's some Swiss, some German, but the uh, there is one French charity there, MSF Medicines Sans Frontieres, um, and they have put some infrastructure into place, and they are looking after the medical needs to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but. 
Um, the camp is essentially run by volunteers from the UK and Belgium. So On that note about medical help, I've heard that there's been an outbreak of measles in Dunkirk and Calais. So yeah. what what does that mean for the refugees? So we've had to take um, as many children and pregnant women um, and the ill people out of the camp, um, which uh, provides its own problems because of obviously course, we're having to... take them? Exactly, and there's a lot of hotels will not take refugees. Um, even hospitals turn refugees away. They call them, they say it's a lifestyle choice. We've actually ourselves had to look after a, a, a lady who collapsed on camp and had CPR, was taken to hospital, and I got a call to pick her up two hours later, and she was discharged without any shoes on, so I had to take her back, passing out again, and we called an ambulance, and they wouldn't come because they That's said it was a just lifestyle just horrifying. Choice. I mean, we heard from a couple of the volunteers um, live from the camp in Calais last week, and they were told we were told about the daily treatment um, of, from the police. You know, yeah. we're talking about um, you know horrendous treatment by the police, tear gas, plastic bullets, so, mm-hmm. and on a daily basis. You know, yeah. so they've run, they've fled their homes from persecution and torture mm. to only be tortured again, again yeah. here in, in Europe. You can see why they don't want to take asylum in France. Okay, so joining us in the studio, Imogen McIntosh and Joby from the Aid Box Convoy. Hi again, welcome back. Thank Hi. you for coming here today. Um, now, we've spoken about um, the state of affairs in the Dunkirk um, refugee camp. Now, we mentioned that not many people know about the Dunkirk camp. Are there other camps in northern France? Yeah, there are. There's about right. six other small camps. Wow. Yeah, See, I didn't even know, know that. I think it's interesting yeah. what you just said, though, about uh, you tell people about things you don't read in the media because... Yeah. Um, we, I was we, having, try. we try. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was having a conversation with someone the other day. It was a bit of a, they were asking why we're doing what we're doing, didn't understand why we're doing. And, um, and I said to this person, how many times do you hear on the news five Muslim people were, da, 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 yeah. you know, two Muslim men were, da, yeah. how many times do you ever hear five Christian men? You know, yeah. this yeah. is what you hear in the media at the moment. Yeah. It's two all Jehovah's negative. Two Jehovah's Witness yeah. mugs a lady yeah. in yeah. Tesco. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it doesn't happen, does you it? You don't hear that. Yeah. And at the moment, the media are just writing what people want to hear it's scaremongering we're there on the camp we're meeting these people the most humble the most welcoming people they won't let you leave their tent without having a cup of tea or cooking you a meal Mm. although they haven't really got much themselves and you know it really is very different to what you see in the media i've also heard that um i spoke to somebody else who's been working out there quite a lot that's uh, quite a lot of them have genius status they're not just sort of your average thinking Mm. person as well they're kind of up and beyond that so which is Mm. why they've had to flee there absolutely and the people that have got this far got all the got yeah. a, escaped war yeah. with their kids some of them yeah. and have got across the across the sea in rubber dinghies and made their way all this way up to France these are the, the high achievers those are the people that can physically and mentally get themselves there so yeah that's incredible people we should be welcoming into our country I, yeah. I couldn't agree more and so they, yeah, they've please. also, you know, these are the people that have been fighting ISIS for a long time in their countries. These are the people who have been fighting and preventing us, you know, from yeah. being affected. And then they just they need to run because there's two options for a lot of people, particularly the young men. Um, and one is to join ISIS and the other one is to run. Mm. So yeah. for us to be then stopping them at the gates and to turning away, calling them terrorists. What should David Cameron be doing? Well, there's a lot that I think that David Cameron should be doing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. But, the mo- uh, you know, just something that is really, really doable is to be giving people information. There is such a lack of information. In fact, I, 
believe that there's hidden information because the whole of Europe want to make it so difficult for people to claim asylum. They want to make it so impossible. Even uh, when people get to England, the system is so corrupt and it's so difficult to navigate mm. that uh, it, it's, Im it's made almost impossible for people um, unless they speak fluent English, have a bit of money behind them or some really good support. But yeah, unfortunately, right. that so few people do. And that happens all the way along. I don't think there'd be as many people in northern France if they knew the truth of what their rights were and what was going to happen yeah. when they got there. So we're talking about transparent information. Mm -hmm. it's, it's our government know. that have forced criminals to set up these. I mean, they wouldn't be there if there were other ways well, of being no, able to get I into know. the country. But what I'm also extremely concerned about the treatment um, of the refugees by the police in France, mm. you know, and yeah. this doesn't seem to be generally known. And this is they're now being tortured on European grounds. Yeah. So what can we do about this? It's criminal, and if it's the it police that are causing, uh, uh, you know, uh, behaving in this way, it feels an absolute impossible situation. But to turn a blind eye to people being beaten in front... I mean, you see it when you drive through France. You see the police in their riot gear with their tear gas at the ready, and you see them, and it, it's blatant. It's out there, and, and people are ignoring it.